You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts, Brent and Angelo. This is episode 19, I've Got Your Back. Angelo, how are you doing this week? Not too bad. Hey, fellas, how are you doing today and this week? Looking forward to talking about goalies this week. That's going to be fun. Yeah, this is uh, this is actually an exciting uh, episode. It's been an interesting one to to put together and do a little bit of research on, and some uh, some things have become clearer for me because I've done this detailed research. Well, earlier today, you told me that you, did you get out a fantasy hockey magazine? I did. That's that's you know what we should do an episode where we look through this year's fantasy hockey magazines and see where they went right and where they went wrong. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, I've got a little bit of taste of that. All right. I've got a little bit of that, but we'll get to that uh, in just a bit. So we've got an amazing uh, show for you uh, today, folks. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, goalies. Our focus is going to be on goaltenders, but we have a bunch of other stuff to get to just before that. Uh, let's start us off. What do you want to start off with? Well, the big news of the week in the NHL is we've got our 32nd franchise, Seattle. Uh, coming into play in a few years and uh, you know all the fun that goes with that we saw what happened with Vegas now Vegas I think was an exception we're not going to see that happen again where a team's going to be a contender off the bat but it's always exciting new team new colors new rivals any idea what what they're going to be called I don't know they're looking at a few names (coughs) excuse me it looks like Sockeyes is the favorite right now amongst fans like the Seattle Sockeyes. Oh, the Totems. The Totems. Yeah, from, is that the WHL name? I think so. The think Metropolitans so. The Metro, as well. The Metro, Although yeah. Gary Bettman nixed that one because there's a Metropolitan uh, division. Yep. But that's going to be cool. I think it's, it's always fun when something new happens to the league, right? And you saw the hype and the excitement around when Vegas came. And Seattle's a good sports market. I think... Uh, um, They'll do well. I think, what did they have, 30,000 people? They had another 5,000 yesterday. Yeah, so it's insane in terms <clears throat> of the actual deposits on season tickets. It's a great sports market. Um, it may even signal a return of an NBA franchise, but who knows. It will be kind of cool. I, it makes me think, should we be expanding the Luke to have more Western Conference managers? Maybe. Something Maybe. that will have to, because, I mean, we need to outside it. of the Vegas uh, Golden Knights, when you look at the overwhelming success of uh, Flama Blanca this year. Oh, it's, it's been remarkable. Uh, and, you know, to see that he comes in right off the bat, he's a ninth-place manager with I know. almost 60, 61 points. It's, I, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it, it is a, a Vegas-type story this year. <laughs> it is. Alrighty. For sure. All right. So we had some other news on the opposite end of uh, NHL news. LeBreton Flats in Ottawa, where the new stadium's supposed to be. Uh, that's it, it's a complete mess now. So you've got the developer and um, surprise, surprise, Eugene Melnick, the yeah, owner shocker. of the Ottawa Senators, uh, not seeing eye to eye. Melnick has just launched a seven hundred million dollar lawsuit against him. So you got one guy basically holding uh, a city of over a million people uh, hostage and in his hand, and you've got hockey fans who are completely frustrated. And now the one kind of positive thing in the future, which was a downtown stadium linked to two light rail stations. Brand new retail, bars, restaurants, condos. Yeah. You know, it would have been a dream place for the stadium. Now it's it's in peril. I, I remember seeing some of the, the you know, mock-ups of how this how this could all look. And it would have been, you, you, you could live there. You could, you could you have your fun there. You could shop there. It, it looked like quite a, a vibrant environment. And now this has gone to to nothing, right? And I know, I know the NHL kind of released a statement on it and said that they were disappointed. But you know there's got to be some, some level of pressure from, 
from the NHL. At some brass, point, they've right? got to, they've they got, got to force this, they got to force this guy's hand at some point. Like when you're a sport fan, it's not just about going to a game anymore. And no. I'm going to the Pittsburgh game this weekend. I know I'm turning left on yep. uh, the 417 or whatever I can't remember what it's called anymore, and I'm going to go into a stadium that has a Home Depot and parking lots beside it. Like it's just yeah. a terrible fan experience. And if you're on the east end of Ottawa, you're in Gatineau, you're further away from yeah. the stadium than people in a small town like Stittsville or Carp. So hopefully someone steps in, they fix that because it is a mess. And yeah, hopefully there's some finally some good news coming out of that city. Well, and coming back to Seattle, is it is it Key West Arena that they're renovating? Is that what it's called? Yeah, you know what? It's a heritage site, so, yeah, they're, so they're not really renovating it. They're gutting it. Well, the, the interesting thing is they, they know that's where they want because the land is very scarce, I'm sure. Mike, our West Coast manager, probably would know a little bit more about this, but um, the land is so scarce there that they're, they're, it's going to be a $1 billion so-called renovation where it is a complete gut. But in order to keep, they love the location. It's fairly central, uh, and it's going to work. And then you have the Senators uh, floundering with, with this new stadium. It's really, it actually is pretty sad and disappointing. So, Couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, speaking of land development and land values, uh, our buddy Mike in the West Coast, he lives in Kitsilano, so his house must be worth seven to $800 million now. Yeah, it's probably the same price as, as where the, the, the Canadian Tire Center, where their uh, sends play now. It's probably worth the same. Maybe a bit more. Maybe a bit more. Yep. Okay. He lives in a one-bedroom house with no bathrooms. There you go. It's worth seven to $800 million. Of course. Okay, and so he rents out his backyard to, like, squatters <laughs> for, like, what, $1,000 a month or something? A couple thousand bucks a month. There yep. you go. Yeah. And he stole the East Van sign that they put up in 2010, you know, the cross? Yeah. He has that in his backyard now. There we go. Shining every night. Exactly. All right, so let's go. I, I sent you some information last night that's you not did. really hockey related. And I in, saw that, and it was awesome that you, you saw it as well. So in hockey, we see cliches all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. 110%, play a full 60 minutes, all mm. of that stuff that we see, right? Yep. Well, our, our good friends in a non-hockey world, uh, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, put out a, um, a post the other day, and they want to remove speciesism yeah speciesism speciesism yeah anti from our from our daily conversations anti-animal language so um i guess this is more of a public service thing for our, our colleagues let's go through a couple of things because well, we have to, we have to be we have to be aware of the words that we use in this current current social climate did I you think. think did you think it was a joke when you first saw it no, because it, it was tweeted out by PETA, and they don't fool around. Okay, they don't, so th those people, those people have zero sense of humor. And no, I actually did not believe it or not. So, so under the umbrella of sports cliches, yeah. and maybe this is an offshoot of that. Yeah, uh, here's some anti-animal language that you and I will not use anymore. I definitely, I have been educated. Okay, so um, we will no longer say kill two birds with one stone. No. Now, now, now. Peter's asking us to say what, Brent? Uh, feed two birds with one scone. That's right. So we're going to feed That's, two birds. That might birds. be one of my... <laughs> we're going to feed two birds with one scone. I can't believe they actually did this. Um, yeah. We're no longer going to beat a dead horse. No. We're going to feed a fed horse, which is actually more abusive than I thought than would be beating a dead horse. Because if you're overfeeding a horse... There could be certain dangers. I'm not too sure about that one. It's like feeding a fed horse. I know. That's what we're going to say. Instead of beating a dead horse. Yeah, there we go. And then uh, bringing home the bagels instead of the bacon yep. is important. Or if you're in, in, uh, if you're in Trenton, it's bagels. 
Bring home the bagels, yeah. Bring home the bagels. And yeah. then finally, uh, we don't want to take the bull by the horns anymore. Heaven no, forbid we want to. to take the flower by the thorns. Now, wouldn't a botanist be offended by that? I think this so. Anti and that's also that's also very language. hurtful. It could be physically hurtful to people. Okay, so let's. Um, that's that. We don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but it's important in this current political climate that we recognize these Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And um, we need to educate ourselves, folks. So let's feed uh, two birds with one scone here and talk about some yeah. winners and losers. There we go. Uh, uh, again, what a week. I mean, I think it was Tuesday night. Um, I had the real-time, just like everybody else does, the real-time season stats going on. And we had, I think, uh, Gibby was in first. No, Gibby wasn't in first. It was Heisenberg in first. And there were three other managers tied for second at one point. I'm like, this is completely exciting. We're in December, and this is happening. And it was that tight of a race. It was awesome. But... Here we are today. The, C, uh, the, the, the stats have changed. The point levels have changed. And we're starting to see a bit of a separation now. So let's go into our winners and losers. We yep. did losers last week first. Let's do winners. We need to do winners. And let's, let's start at the top. So uh, without question, our biggest winner, Aiden Helmer this week. What a week. He uh, had, yeah. like you were saying, it Huge. was all really, really tight. And then two or three nights ago, he had a, a ginormous night. It was crazy yeah. how good his stats were. Not L. McPherson, but pretty close. Pretty McPherson close. Night. And you um, look at his categories, though, too. Like, he, he he needs to work a little bit on shots on goal, you know, whatever, shorthanded points, whatever. But, like, he's pretty solid across the board there. And, and did you see, notice that I said another Trentonism across? Did you say across with I the did. T? Yep. Uh, so he's pretty pretty solid there. And, and I think, it, you know, I may have to change my prognostication from last week. Well, you I, may I think have I may to. have so to because he, he he's pretty up, solid. He went up eight and a half points. And what what I find really interesting, we, we talked about this earlier, is he had a totally different strategy going in this year. He wasn't a big dollar spender no. at the draft. But he got he must have he might have done the best job in league history in drafting a supporting cast that didn't cost a lot. Because he spent big on uh Pecorine. Yeah. And then he backfilled his his lineup with, with guys uh, that we weren't bidding on. He was getting them for 10, 15, yeah, 20 he's always a he's always a, a phenomenal drafter um, in but that the, sense. He always does a good draft, but he didn't really have a whole lot to start with in a sense. Yeah, I don't the, think the so, difference but. this year is like usually he's a good drafter because he's so aggressive, Yeah, but he didn't true. have the money to be aggressive. He no, kind of sat back and right. he picked his spot. So good for you, uh, Mr. Helmer. Yeah, Well-deserved uh, rank of number one this week. 118.5 points. All right, this has to be exciting for you. The The second biggest <sighs> jump for us was yeah. uh, the Careless Whisperer. Is that plus seven this week? And yeah. you're into the high 80s, so that's a good spot to be. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think the high I, uh, I uh, one night I think I ended at 89 or something like that. So I was in seventh for for uh, a moment. Uh, I've had I've had a good week. Uh, and so Jonathan, quick shutout, eh? That it was the it was the shutout that that helped a lot. And you know I've got some other players kind of contributing here and there. Um, my plus minus is good. I, I still have a lot of work obviously to do. Um, I'm I'm Bowlby is you know only three and a half points ahead of me right now. But he's he's. Uh, He's a wily manager, that one, and same as Nick as well. Nick, Nick kind of uh, has been up and down too. So it's it's been it's it's been an interesting week, and I'm happy about uh, happy about being a winner this week for for once. Nice. Well, our third winner of the week, actually, I'm getting tired of saying this. But I know. The, for the third week in the, in a row, Heisenberg yeah. uh, went plus five for the week. He's in the thick of the race now, um, and uh, we've talked about his team almost too much. But I hate looking at his team because. Every position scares me. Except he just needs wins. If he can get a goalie, 
Well, I mean, he he is a legitimate. I, like I, you know, again, I think Helmer and 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 Heisenberg and Blair will will uh, duke it out. Um, they're going to be fighting out for that. I mean, and we'll see if if one pulls a trade here. Who knows? In order to shore up some of those those lower categories, but. Uh, what a week he's had. Yeah, and I don't see him falling. No. If he makes a trade, I don't no, see I don't him see really him falling, falling no. in the in the main categories. No. But his goalie categories, he's got 26 points. If he, if he gets that up, yeah. You know, around the 35 to 40 point mark, then oh, that's the difference, and yeah. that's where that's where he pulls ahead. It's so. going to be awesome to see what what really those the top three managers start start doing. It's going to be great. Well. You know what? We're, it's not prognostication time, but I'm going to make one. Yep. Uh, I think Gibby stands pat because he doesn't really need those those side yeah. category shots on goals, power play goals. Yeah. Those can be filled internally, and I think he can gain those categories. I think so. I think Heisenberg trades for a goalie I for think the so reason too. that we yeah. said. That would be my guess. And as then well. I, I think PMF is going to stand pat because he's solid across the board as well. And and Matt Murray is inching towards getting getting back. Getting back. He hasn't been great this year, but. And, let, and let, let, let's let's be here honest here too. PMF is only two points out of second, right? Um, he ended the he ended uh, last night on a, on the plus side, so he's not losing any points. You can't you can't forget a, uh, our good uh, a good friend PMF there. True that. Okay, let's go into losers. And yes, our, uh, you biggest, want biggest loser? Biggest loser of the week. Uh, Six point five. Uh, points was Whiskey Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, Bowlby. Mr. Bowlby fell six and a half points. That's not really a big fall, so I wouldn't be too worried if if I was him. No, I see him in a Heisenberg kind of category where uh, he might get hot for a couple of weeks and and get into that top five. What do you think about him? Yeah, he's got to he he'll, he'll make a push. He's got to do something if he if honestly if he wants just like I do and just like you know Nick does uh, if they want to get in if, if he wants to get into the top three at least he needs to do do a deal. So it'll be interesting to see. I think managers are starting to think about that now. Really starting to look at their categories. At least I am. Indeed, uh, I'm doing the same thing. Well, you need to be doing the same thing because you're the second loser of the week. Yes. Minus I'm, six. It's becoming fatiguing, but this is... Is this week number two for you as a loser? Oh, I think so. In three of the last four weeks. Yeah. So, but there's nothing I can do. Like, no. honestly, I've... So, uh, well, I, look at your IR. Is and I just lost... So I lost Peter Angelo to IR, and I think he was picked up by Heisenberg today. Yeah. Uh, I lost Forsberg to IR. Yeah. Uh, I had to drop Arvidsson to IR. Klinberg. Klingberg's an IR, Bergeron's an IR. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I, I guess, what do you well, say? You, you call uncle? Is well, that one, the one, saying? I think so. Well, one week you, you, were, you were saying that it's kind of a blessing to help you manage your games in a sense. Uh, but now it's becoming, you know, that that uh, uh, detriment to your team where you're, you're needing those game players to be back to start putting in putting up some points for you. I'm going to continue yeah. falling. There's there's nothing I can do. Like I can make no. a trade, but guys want healthy guys. So why am I going to trade Brad Marchand? He's one of my only healthy guys, right? Uh, and it's not going to improve my team. And the other thing is, I'm filling in games with guys who aren't that great. Yeah. Just so I can well, get listen, some games. So you know, hey, I've got, I've got your back. Um, if you want to throw out some offers to me, like you won't trade with me. You're a coward, and you won't trade with me. And you always say stuff like, "I need to look into this further." Well, that's because how many times have you absolutely fleeced me? Rarely, because we make preseason trades to try to trick other people. Yeah, like and then Jason Zucker for. <laughs> Pionk or whatever the yeah, guy's whatever name. I don't. Remember. So uh, we don't fool anyone but no, ourselves. That's, that's true. Speaking and, uh, of Uncle, yep, uh, Gump, Uncle Martian, uh, dropped four. Loser. Yeah, third loser of the week, dropped four points. What do you think? I, I see him rebounding a bit. Patrick yeah. Kane has had a bit of a tough go. Debrincat has had a tough go, but he's got Carey Price uh, in net. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's got Sidney Crosby now. So I see him making a jump. I actually, I hope, you know, just because it's all, it's fun for us to see our teams rise and, and wherever we are, it, you know, we get excited yeah. if we jump a few spots. So I would really like to see Hennessy, Zoltok, and Martian be our biggest winners next week, you know. Yeah, luck, I, I would like to has, see the tide has to change. They got to get some luck on their side. I think so, and I'd like to see again. Uh, everybody needs something to cheer about, um, and I think that would be a, a nice Christmas gesture. It would be good too, because then yeah. uh, our expansion franchise would would go to twelve. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. That uh, those were the winners and losers. Is this what? What week is this? Week week nine, eight nine. Yes, week, no, for nine. week for week for week nine. Wow, time's flying by. It is. And uh, now we're going to move into uh, our main topic. Our main topic: goalies. Goalies. I've got your back. All right. All right. Here we go with the. I've got your back, and our goalie focus for this week. Um, I don't think there is one manager in the league that uh, could have predicted the goalie landscape of this year so far. What do you think? No, and, and every year is exactly the same. And we read it, don't spend a lot of money on goalies yeah. because someone's going to emerge. It's going to shock the league. And we're seeing it again this year. So our top 10, we've got a lot of uh, familiar faces. We have a lot of familiar faces that are well out of the top 20 in Oh, goal. without a doubt. And then yeah. we've got some backups who have emerged. So you want to talk about some surprises first? And yeah, like I, mean, I think I think be honest with you, the, the 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 biggest surprise has to be the situation that's in Boston right now. Um, you have Rask who started with who had a preseason ranking of eleven, right? He is the thirty. Now he's thirty-one. His current ranking is thirty-one. Uh, that's a shocker in and of itself, I think. Uh, in that sense, but the biggest one out of Boston has to be the performance of Halak. Yeah, and and you know in some of these cases we see that the backup goalie ranks higher, and we'll talk about a few of those. Uh, but in Boston's case, not only does Halak rank higher, he's played more minutes. So oh yeah, he's played 906 minutes, and Rask has played 718 minutes. So it's, this is a case yeah. where they're splitting time fairly evenly. But you have to now say that Halak is the number one goalie. In, uh, in, in, Boston. in Boston, yeah, and he, he has, beats he beats Rask in every statistical category. Right every now. category, he has eight wins, two shutouts, two twenty-five goals against, and a nine uh, thirty-two save percentage. To Rask, six wins, zero shutouts. You know, Rask is still playing well. He has a, a two uh, two point five nine goals against and a nine fifteen save. So it's not like he's he's tanking it, but um, Halak has just really come out of nowhere. Yeah, I see this changing though. I. I Rask has a very tough game tonight against Tampa Bay, but he seems to be getting more starts, yeah. and his statistics the last week have been Rask-like. So this could be a preview of the second half of the season Absolutely. where Rask reemerges as the number one. Or maybe he's getting maybe. older and, and he actually asks management, get an experienced goalie in here. I, I can't play 70 or 60 games anymore. That's true. And they'll split the load. So I see Halak still getting starts, but I think Rask's numbers are going to improve. Can I throw out another surprise? Yeah. Um, I think it's the situation in Calgary. What do you think? Yeah, I think well, you have you have Smith and Riddich there, and um, again, it's a situation where Riddich is playing actually quite good. Um, you have him, right? He wasn't really ranked preseason. He's the 14th ranking goalie right now. He has you know eight wins, one shutout, 239 goals against, and a 919 save percent. Uh, 
yeah, that's pretty good for a backup. For sure, and, and I think he's solidifying his position in Calgary as the goalie of the future because uh, Smith is a UFA this year. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to hold on to him just because he could well, was, be the number well, one goalie in Calgary. It's a, quite the situation there. Yep. Now, Mike Smith, again, though, in the last week, he's he's established himself with some really good hockey games. So Gump got a couple of wins out of him, some yep. really good save percentage and stuff. Yep. So I think their preference is to still have Mike Smith as their number one. But if he plays the way he played in October, November, he, he will not be getting starts in Calgary. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're right on that one. Uh, you throw out, like you started here, what, what's another kind of a shocker here in terms of uh, the goalie situation on a team? Well, we knew that Edmonton was going to have uh, some sort of change because uh, they they signed this Koskinen guy from yeah. uh, Russia, and I yeah. think they paid a couple million bucks for him. So if you're paying a guy two million, two and a half million bucks, he's going to get starts. But he is the sixth rank uh, goalie right now, and Cam Talbot uh, comes in at 60th. So that one is, um, I guess, a shocker to me. I don't see Cam Talbot returning to Edmonton. Ken Hitchcock this morning, I heard him on the radio talking about how goaltending in Edmonton was a strength, which shocked me because I think their goaltending isn't that good. No, it's horrible. But he said they can put any goalie in and they can win uh, any night. Both of those goalies should see improved stats with Ken Hitchcock behind the helm because he's a massive defensive coach. Uh, but, yeah, I think Koskinen has taken over the number one job there. Well, but, again, and Koskinen is beating Talbot in every single category. Talbot had a preseason ranking of 16. Koskinen, again, out of nowhere. Talbot's, Talbot's stats are, are, you know, six wins, zero shutouts, 319 goals against, and an 892 save percentage. Uh, Koskinen is, is clearly the better choice for Edmonton, and I think that's why Bowlby's hanging on to him right now. I agree. Him. And there's, there's a couple more teams that I would like to point out that are a bit of a shock to me. Um, one is Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Casey DeSmith ranks ninth. Matt Murray's had a terrible year. He's been hurt. He ranks 66th. Uh, DeSmith. He's 69 him. now. He, so he fell a couple more spots. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, Gibby uh, has picked up another good backup goalie. So we talk about Smith, yeah. the supporting cast that uh, Aiden has been able to Yeah, he's done uh, very well together. Yeah. Uh, Halak and DeSmith are two great examples. Cost him absolutely nothing. Yeah. And they are two of the top 10 goalies uh, in the league right now. So um, DeSmith beats him in starts, wins, minutes, shutouts, you name it. Uh, he beats Matt Murray. So Matt Murray's got to battle back. If he gets healthy, he's got to win that job back because DeSmith is doing it for them. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and, and we all know Murray's history with injuries. He's, he's, he's very fragile in that sense. And then they have Tristan Jarrier too, right? Pittsburgh has other options there as well. I know he doesn't have any wins. And he has has uh, uh, you know he's a 63rd ranked goalie right now and and but he's an option for Pittsburgh if if eventually they need it. Yeah. Now, are there any other teams outside of the ones we mentioned uh, that you see a surprise in? Um, I I wouldn't say no. Those were the big shockers I think for me, and I think we've kind of covered that. I, I think you could you could talk about New Jersey situation. Yeah, I think you could you could probably say that you know Kincaid is you know. Is is he's a 13th ranked goalie right now? He had a, he had a preseason ranking of 35. You know Schneider now with a preseason ranking of 19 is the 78th you know ranking goalie and he's got no wins this he's year. He's got no wins, no shutouts, a 4.19 goals against, and an 8.62 save percentage. Well, you're looking at Kincaid as you know it's a 2.94, uh, 9.06 save percentage, but it, it's he has three shutouts. So he and well, nine wins. This is this is a case I think more than any other uh, NHL team 
this is where the backup goalie is now clearly the number one. Yeah. And Schneider's a backup goalie. Like, if you look at all of their starts, since Schneider's come back, I thought he would reemerge as the number one goalie. But he hasn't done that. He's a, he's a really expensive backup goalie right now. Um, a couple of other things for me. Uh, Aiden Hill from yeah, uh, the Coyotes out of, came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, yeah. He's got you know a save percentage is almost perfect. He's got an almost perfect goals against average. Yep. So there's a uh, I think Darcy Kemper got hurt, so they're waiting for Ranta to get healthy, and this kid has stepped up. I don't think he will continue to get starts once no. Ranta's back, but this no, is, he that's won't. been a good story. Yeah, and four wins, so I mean he's he's doing well. Yeah, and then uh, one other one that I think we need to keep an eye on. Winnipeg wants to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah. Connor Hellebuck is not playing like a Stanley Cup champion. No. Nope. And uh, nope. Laurent Brassois, Brassois. has he's really stepped up. He's he's ranking ahead of uh, Hellebuck everywhere. He's not getting – he gets one of every three or four starts. Yeah, he doesn't get the same amount. But Hellebuck's stats aren't very good. They're not Stanley Cup worthy right now. So if he doesn't pick it up, I think they'll have a decision to make in Winnipeg to give this kid more starts. Because they got to win. Yeah, I mean, the he has. To win is now. Brassois has five five wins, two sixteen goals against, and a nine thirty five save. I mean, he's beating he, he's beating uh, Hellebuck in 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 those categories. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. The drama continues in Winnipeg. It does uh, in New York. Uh, Robin Leonard has yeah, gotten some yeah, starts, yeah. but uh, Thomas Grice has emerged as the preferable goalie. They're playing yeah. fairly similar. Yeah. Um, starts with Grice getting a few more. In Carolina, Scott Darling is exactly the goalie that we thought he was last year. Yeah. And Curtis McElhaney has stepped in as as the top goalie there. That That's interesting. And you you see Mrazek, and out of that situation that's happening in Carolina, you see Mrazek completely be demoted, right? I mean, he Mrazek only has three wins. Um, he has a 256 goals against an 894 save percentage. And and McElhaney is... is uh, is actually really playing well. He's a two two thirty six goals against and uh, what is it? My uh, sorry, uh, nine point nine two save percentage. He's actually putting up wins and he's putting up uh, uh, some decent numbers. Funny, uh, eh? like a, for a, Gump, yeah. The Marlies goalies. I thought Calvin Picard would yeah. really step into the NHL and do a good job, and yeah. he's, he's been terrible. See, he's in Arizona. He's now. in Arizona. Yeah, now. they got and, picked uh, him up on. Michael Haney has established himself as a good option for. Uh, Carolina. So when I look at um, goaltenders that have surprised us this year, and then I put that towards our rankings, Yeah. Uh, again, full credit to Aiden Helmer for jumping on a couple of goalies that were uh, were free agents and they were nobodies. And you see that in his you see that in his goalie stats. You know he's for sure he's twelve. He's the, the the top in wins. He's he's number ten in shutouts. He's number ten in goals against, and he's eight in save percentage. Those aren't those are fantastic goalie numbers. And he has you know his complement of goalies is what would have been thought of as just simply backups, right? So he's done a very good job there. Well, and then the other manager that we have to give credit to is. Um, the white flame like he, he has terrible goalie stats he knows he needs to improve there but if you look at goalies that have taken over first spots at least in the short term he has Aiden Hill now yeah uh, he has Thomas Grice yep who's putting up decent stats uh, and he got Keith Kincaid from me so from the trade yeah even though that those you know this is not the Bobrovskis and the Renes of the world I think he's assembled a pretty good goaltending group that if he can stick together and they get some starts, he'll see some improvements in those four goalie categories. He, he just has to hang on to them long enough because, as you know, he doesn't have the patience he, uh, to, to go through uh, some low points with a player, so he'll drop them and pick up somebody a little bit that's a little bit playing. Have we ever harder. had a manager, like, outside of Doug oh, right, Hempstead, yeah, right, but who was obsessive, but have we ever had a manager who is 
um, so cold-hearted with his players? No, Mike doesn't have a heart at all. So he'll he he'll just like he's not attached to anybody. He's more Calgary than Vancouver. He's more oil man than he is more environmental. I, I thought man. he actually lived in Alberta until you told me he's actually a Vancouverite. Anyways, is that so, an insult to call somebody from BC thinking that they li- lived in Alberta? I, I think so. It's Who like you're telling someone from Belleville they live in Trenton. Oof. Is that yeah. bad? It is that Ooh, bad. All right. Hey, my phone is buzzing. I wonder if I'm getting a trade request. And there you go. Okay. So let's, um, when we're talking about goalies here, maybe we should look at the, so we talked about the surprise goalies, um, you know, secondary goalies who have now taken over what seems to be the top spot on their team. And then we've got um, goalies who are doing what they should do and then goalies who are complete flops. So you want to talk about some goalies who are as advertised? Um, well, Pecorine. Yes. Um, I think a, a little bit of a slower start in a sense, but look at his stats. Uh, and again, this is uh, Gibby, another one of Gibby. Gibby's got both of them, right? He's got Soros as well. But you have Rene with 12 wins, two shutouts, a 181 goals against average, and a 9.35 save percentage. The, 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 he is as advertised, and and everybody thought was I guess at the beginning of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong, that he may not be be hanging around in Nashville, but that since changed. Where does that put Saros? Who knows? Um, what do you I think? I think we continue to see Saros get more starts, but Pekarene is clearly the number well, one. Clearly player. the number so, one. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess this is a bit of a surprise, and it should just stop being a surprise. To everyone, Mark Andre Fleury is one of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah. And he keeps showing it, and people keep doubting him. And this year, he's done it five shutouts already this year. We talked about Freddie Anderson a few weeks ago. He's having a, a career year. You know what else, though? Can I, can, I, can I throw in another one? Yeah. Mr. Head and Shoulders, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, having a good year. I didn't know, really check him out. It's not, it's, he is advertised. It's not, a sh- it's not a great year, but it's not a bad year, though, either, right? So here he is with nine wins, uh, zero shutouts. 263 goals against and a 921 save percentage. So it's, it's middle of the pack. He's 18th ranked goaltender. Um, so, but it is uh, is as advertised. If we're kind of following along in that category, it's not like he's he's. How old is he now? Forty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> he's an old man. Now. He's, he's old our man. age. That's why. Yeah, exactly. So I think the point is, you know, he's old enough to play men's league. There you go. There you go. And I think he's he's having a, a, as as advertised season. All right, I'll throw out a couple more names sure. here that are as, as advertised. Uh, ben Bishop. He's having a great year in Dallas. He's oh, a see, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue with that one. I think that one is he's he's having a better than advertised year in that sense. I mean, those those weren't his the numbers that he was putting up uh, last year. You look at Bishop now. He's he, with a 225 goals against. He's he's playing really well. So I think he's actually he's not necessarily as advertised. He's 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 starting to to define himself as one of the the top five goaltenders in the league, and the number one tall goaltender in the league. Yeah, the guy's massive. Yep. John Gibson, having a great year. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is having a, a great year, but he got hurt. So yeah. he'll be back. He'll but be back. You know that he's going to be – he's at, he's been hurt for a month, and he's the 11th-ranked goalie. I'm going to throw one more out there that is having a great year, and it was a bit of a surprise to me, is um, Semyon Varlamov. He's the 10th-ranked goalie. I thought that Philip Grubauer was going to step in and take games yeah. away from him, which, you know, uh, Grubauer is getting some starts. But Varlamov is fighting for that number one position and a, a top-10 goalie. Uh, I think he's having a great year. Can I can I throw a curve into it as well? I always like what about those. what about Washington's situation with Holpe? Um, I don't think you would have predicted how well he's doing. Is Holpe doing well? Isn't he? Oh, sorry, no. Wait a minute. I'm looking yeah, at the wrong number. No, no, he's got ten wins. 
He's got a three goals against average, 907. So it's not great. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong category. But he still have 10 wins, though. Yes, so he's, he's, getting, he's going to get he's wins. the wins category. I just but he's think getting, the rest of his, his stats aren't very good. Yeah, but that, that's my bad. I shouldn't have thrown that one out. But to me, of the if we want to move on to the disappointments in the last Wait, part you, of our... You think, you think Holtby's the one of them? He's the best of the disappointments. So yeah. he's the least disappointing disappointment to me. He's a 24th <laughs> ranked goalie. So we'll take that. Let's look at some other numbers. Jake Allen, ranked 52. He's terrible. Oh, yeah. I, 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 don't, know, I don't even know what to say on that one. Corey Crawford is terrible. It is horrible. Um, Craig Anderson is actually really good on a team that just allows way too many goals. Yeah, like, like, like take a second here and look at a Anderson. Yeah, I mean, Anderson has a horrific goals against 368 and a 904 save percentage, but 11 wins. I think he's – just imagine him if he was on Washington. Maybe, maybe. There's an article today in The just Athletic major. that says now is the time to trade Craig Anderson. Yeah. He is making huge saves. I mean, they're letting five, four or five goals in yeah. a game. But the guy's making 40, 45 saves a game. It's unbelievable. Well, so, well, then Ottawa could bring up some of the other young guns that they have in the system there, right? So. Yep. Uh, some other guys, Sergei Bobrovsky, um, they got shelled 9-6 the other night by Calgary. Bobrovsky is the 38th ranked goalie. 39th now. So 39th, and he's got yeah. a save percentage just a shade over 900. Martin Jones uh, ranked in the 30s. Carey Price ranked in the 30s. So these are guys to me that should be ranked top ten that aren't there. Yeah, if I want to come back to to let, let, let's kind of pull this all together a little bit. You have uh, a list of this year's disappointments in Chicago. I mean, Chicago's backup is, uh, is is Ward, and it's it's not a good option either, right? And he almost has a, a four goals against average, and it's a sub nine uh, save percentage. You have a li on your list some goalies that have been long standing keepers. So, it, like price, okay? If you're a manager, say, you know, you're um, Gump with price, or you are, um, I don't know, Heisenberg with Crawford, what are you thinking now, and what are you? What would be your next steps? Because oh, we're always thinking ahead till next year with respect to keeping one of those atrocities. I don't think Carey Price, that is price, as his keeper price, yeah. should be kept anymore. Um, I'm just looking at this list that I have here. This would have been like our top eight lists five years ago. Oh, absolutely. Alan Crawford, Anderson, Bobrovsky, Jones, Price, Luongo, uh, Devin Dubnik, and Braden Holt. Holtby. Yeah. And these guys are all guys that are ranked uh, below the top 20. Yeah. So I wouldn't keep any of these guys at this point. It's not worth it. Certainly it, Jake Allen should almost be a free agent again. Corey Crawford should almost be a free agent. Like these guys are having that bad of a season. Well, and you look at Bobrovsky, I think that's probably one of the – the biggest shockers, I think, for me, right? Yeah, he has 10 wins, right? But he's a 39th ranked goaltender, a 304, and a 901 uh, uh, save percentage. And, and th th that's just, you know, how much how much was he drafted for again? It's like, again, around almost 200 bucks. Almost 200 bucks, So, yeah. I mean, it's just definitely, you're not getting the value there. Goalies, what are they good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Yeah. So, fellas, I, I think that wraps it up. I guess the, in closing, who knows what to do with goalies? It's, it's, it's one of those mini enigmas in the pool, right? Is perhaps we should have a rule where no one keeps a goalie and everybody goes into the draft drafting goalies. I don't know. Oh, There's a the curveball oh, don't, for you. Don't, the, let's the not drama. go there right now. That's drama. And in, in closing, I guess, if we're looking at the goalie category, um, we have to look at who needs to make a move. Heisenberg needs to do something. 
Um, I think Marchand's tongue needs to do something. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, uh, if, if Warm wants to make a jump into the top, top three, he has to do a deal. Yeah, and, and then on the opposite end, PMF and yep. uh, Mr. Helmer is business as usual. Absolutely. They don't need to touch anything. Or maybe uh, they get smart and they get a big asset right now and sell high on, on the guys that they've got. Absolutely. So that's episode 19. Just like that. Yep, there we go. What do we have planned for, can you believe it, episode 20 is next week. What do we have planned? What's in store? Can we give the lads a bit of a highlight or not a highlight, a, a, a reveal, a peek in terms of what's happening I like, next week? I like the idea of breaking out the fantasy hockey mag. There we go. So I got to find that in my drawer, and I've got them actually organized by year. So you have those very, them in the plastic sleeves and the cardboard in the back. I, I have them in a, one them of those like, Penske files. There you go, the Penske file things, uh-huh. right? That, so there you have it, folks. Episode twenty next week, we will be foca- focusing on uh, f- the truest sense of fantasy hockey. We'll be going right back to the fantasy hockey magazines that we buy, all of us buy at the beginning of the season to see where. Things have been called right and things have been called wrong. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. Good luck, everyone. Great.